What is up and welcome back to another edition of the Mouth and Off Sports Show. I'm Dan Sadik, joined by fellow co-host Ryan Brown and Zach Lacey. How we doing, boys? What is up, Dan? That is the word today. We're feeling good. It's week five. It's week five. Let's get it. Feeling great, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Week five and uh, a Pats loss that, you know, could have been a lot worse. The spectacle that was leading up for this game, the Bucks and the Patriots, I mean, just crazy that they were just three points away, just that one kick, a, a one doink off of the left post from Nick Folk to win that game. But you got to feel good overall about Mac Jones not crumbling in the spotlight and being able to score a few touchdowns, limiting mistakes still not being a, a playmaker really still is going to hurt. And they had no run game to speak of literally no run game to speak of. And they lose 19 to 17 to the Tampa Bay bucks and Brady's return to Gillette. Uh, they're one and three now. So it's really sink or swim time. It truly is going uh, up against the Texans this week, obviously a softer landing spot, but they're banged up. And I just want to get your thoughts on this game in general, guys, uh, the Bucks and the Pats, like in my mind, it was either going to be really close like this or the Pats were just going to get steamrolled. Um, but thoughts. Well, Dan, if you remember, on the show last week, I know you weren't with us, but uh, we were pretty much in unanimous agreement that we kind of foresaw a double-digit game, a blowout of sorts, and that wasn't what we got whatsoever. And that made for a really competitive back-and-forth game, uh, despite the Patriots, as you said, completely abandoning the rushing game whatsoever. Oh. Eight carries for minus one yards is what you love to see from your rushing game, but that's pretty much where we're at with how the offensive line is super banged up. couple people on COVID list, couple people injured. We're, we're down to pretty much, we could be potentially down to one starting O-lineman for this game against Houston. And as bad as Houston is, that is just not a situation you want to be in. So uh, I, I'm happy they, they kept made that game competitive and they even had a chance to win it at the end. Uh, not sure if a 56 yarder in the rain uh, at, the, at the last minute of the game is what you want to be doing, but especially with an injured kicker, but Hey, they had a chance to win the game and about if that kick goes a foot to the right, we're talking about the Patriots upsetting the bucks in one of the all time great games. So. Well, I don't know if we can go that far. I mean, if, even if he hits it, Brady's still got two timeouts and was it 52 seconds left? Yeah. Uh, I'm fully expecting Brady to go down and do that. But regardless, they played well for the situation. Mac looked a lot better than I thought he would. Uh, <coughs> the run game, like you guys said, non-existent. How, how is Nelson Aguilar your leading rusher? <laughs> How does David Williams with, go four rushes for negative four yards? Uh, that's a, that was a nightmare. Uh, the defense held up well. I know that it was shitty conditions, so they weren't able to – it wasn't as hard to stop them. But Judon looked like the guy that you paid all this money for. He was constantly in the backfield, constantly beating his man off the ball. I love that. Um, all in all, 
I'm happy with what with how they played. I was expecting an absolute blowout, so that was a win for me. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know they weren't embarrassed. Mac Jones didn't like blow the game or anything. Like you know, overall, it's you, you can take some good things from it, but again, like with how banged up they are now, and just still with the turnovers they have committed and the penalties that they have been committing. Um, they have more turnovers, more penalties, and more penalty yards than their opponent through the first four games. And that hasn't happened since the first uh, – sorry, that hasn't happened since 1992. And so that tells you right then and there that they are not a disciplined team um, and they need to clean a lot up. Like there's just a lot that still needs to get cleaned up uh, just in terms of like the nitty-gritty details um, and a lot of the mistakes that Patriots teams in the past just don't make. Uh, whether it's having too many men on the field, not enough men on the field, whatever the case. But yeah, you know, even getting three points there, you, you're still giving Tom a chance. You know, it would have been interesting to see what they would have done on fourth and three if they had went for it. Um, and what kind of boost that could have been, you know, if Mac Jones ends up converting, winning the game. Um, I mean, it could have been different. But nonetheless, they are a one and three team with a gotta-have, must-have win against the Texans because they couldn't do their job against the Dolphins in week one and the Saints either in week three. Um, so I thought they could have definitely been 2-2 two and two, uh, going into week five. But, you know, here we are with a must-win in week five. But, I mean, overall, I think we all agree. You can feel good about Mac Jones. It feels like they got a quarterback. It's just I think it's time to take the reins off just a little bit more. I mean, maybe not this week because, again, you have no offensive line and he's already gotten hit a bunch. But if they can find a way to protect him in the future, you got to let the kids swing it just a little bit more. But we also have this week with the Texans and I don't know about you guys. I think they clean up here, not by any like ridiculous margin but probably a leaning towards a conservative game plan with heavy uh, plays in the running game, because look, you don't have your what four, four out of your five starters, most likely. So you're probably, probably going to be lending yourself to running the ball a lot more. You don't want Mac Jones out there getting, you know, destroyed because you don't have a good pass block. And the running game itself needs to get back on the hump if you want to be competitive down the stretch. And guys like Damian Harris, maybe even Ramondre Stevenson, who knows? You got to get those guys going because you don't have the depth that you maybe thought you did. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's a must win uh, with the Texans. I mean, couldn't be more obvious, but I do think they win. I am just curious to see if, uh, they do. They do indeed get back to running the football. I, I'm. I'm just gonna say this. I'm not. I wouldn't be totally surprised if they just completely abandon the running attack again. I. I feel like they need to get it going in order to really get the best Mac Jones possible. But I mean, he showed last week that if you completely abandon the running game, that he can hold his own and go toe-to-toe with Brady to some degree, even in the elements. So 
if with all the offense alignment that could be out, yeah, running the ball seems like the safe play, but I wouldn't be surprised if they just said screw it and they just went sort of uh, and just kept the sort of similar game plan to last week to this week and just a lot of short stuff, a lot more short stuff rather. And you're just looking at uh, peppering the tight ends, Myers in the slot and trying to open up downfield through the passing game instead of opening up the deep plays through the ground game. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I, I don't think the running game is back by any means. Uh, even though the Texans aren't a great team, like you're not, if you're not starting any of your normal guys on the line, how do you trust them to create holes for running backs who really don't create anything for themselves? Um, mm-hmm. You got Myers, you got these high priced tight ends. If you put put Mac in the shotgun and just let them dink and dunk over the middle, take these four four yard passes, and that's your running game. Um, I I think that's probably your safer bet. And Mac looks the best. Max look this season is when they put him in the shotgun, put him in the hurry up offense, and just let him go play like he played at Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'd say just keep doing that. Let the man sling it around and put it on his arm. Hey, I mean, I I hope they do it. I'm just worried, like, I'm just worried about, like, how much more, like, or how protective they might get because of the lack of offensive line. But, um, you know, remains to be seen. But Mac Jones definitely um, proved a lot in that Tampa Bay game. So maybe they do feel more comfortable, too, just letting him, you know, like you said, Zach, just drop back, be in the shotgun, and just kind of try to pick apart the Texans' D. And, you know, especially if you don't trust the running backs uh, all that much yet either. I mean, that's all the more reason to do that. Um, So, I mean, again, must win. Absolute must win for this team. Um, If they don't, you know, they are in a really, really tough spot. Um, So we're just going to have to see. Uh, any other closing thoughts on this game? Um, I think we've touched most of it, but, um, anything else? No, I think we can sort of move on to some week four recap and week five, uh, sort of, uh, thoughts elsewhere. Week, week four was something, uh, you had, I thought some standouts. I'm just going to start. I think the Cardinals might be one of the best teams in the NFL, like top, top three. I think they Cardinals at the Rams, uh, 37, 20 win on the road. I just, Kyler Murray looks, he looks how I thought he would. Uh, he, he looks like a legit MVP type candidate, uh, for the year. I mean, they're off to a hot start four and oh in a tough, tough division, alongside uh, those Rams. And again, like Kyler was great. They ran the ball extremely well. Um, He was able to spread out the attack and, you know, beat a very good Rams team um, in their home stadium. Uh, So I don't know. I I'm really high on the Cardinals right now, boys, really high. Yeah. That was an impressive win against the Rams for sure. Um, I, I, what are I, about the Saints? 
they lose in <laughs> overtime to the New York Giants, right? Right after they come into Foxborough and beat our Patriots. What is this? Is this just what the Saints are going to be this year? Every other week, it's a it's a new version of the team that will just. It's either they're just terrible and Jameis is back to his usual antics, or the Saints are electric. The defense is shutting down the opposition. And Jameis is being very precise in that uh, that eye surgery is paying off dividends, and he's just slinging it around. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. This is just a, feels like the Saints are just destined to be an eight and nine, nine and eight team this year, which uh, it's not what I certainly expected. I mean, you got Alvin Kamara, who's one of the best pass catching running backs in all of football, and you don't throw him the ball once. Yeah, like. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. And then uh, they just they let Daniel Jones throw for 400 on him. I don't get that yeah. either. Jeez. Yeah, they maybe they just gave Jameis like too much far distance vision and he can't see, you know, the backfield. He can't see Kamara, but I mean, yeah, it's the Jameis Winston experience. Like it's just such a like up and down type of team and it's really showing even a, you know, battered old Drew Brees would be doing better uh, with this team right now. But yeah. And uh, also the Jets get their first win over the fraud Titans, the absolute fraudulent Titans. I don't care if they didn't have, you know, their stud wideouts. You have Derek Henry, who's tractor Cito, supposed to be, you know, the absolute beast. He is a beast. Still had a good game, but they still couldn't get it done against the New York Jets. And credit to uh, Zach Wilson, who only, only threw one pick, had a pretty good <laughs> uh, Only. Yeah, I mean, credit to him. Credit to him. He, lim- he limited his mistakes for once. So you know what? The Jets actually get a win, and now you have the same record as the Jets, by the way. Just in terms of the, the paths. So just to put that in perspective there, I mean, if you're the Titans, man, you can't be losing games like this, like especially especially with their division, with the way the Colts are. I know they're coming off a win, but like you have a real opportunity here to take that division yet again. And I just think losing games like that to the Jets, I don't care if you're on the road. I don't care that they were banged up. Yes, that hurts, but the Jets aren't. That's just a that's a game you got to win, especially in the fashion that they lost as well. Yeah, that I mean that's a nightmare. Like, <laughs> you can't you can't lose to the Jets. But how no, how about both New York teams winning on the same weekend? Yeah, I mean, happened. the over under for the rest of the year that that happens again is probably 0. 0.5. Like, yeah. is that even going to happen one time the rest of the year? It, I, it, I doubt it. It shouldn't. <laughs> it should. It really shouldn't. The Jets might win two more games the rest of the year, and the Giants might not be that far ahead of them. So, man, both of those wins, just – I'm flabbergasted, to be quite honest, that both of those <laughs> happen. It, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, it just – it never happens. And, you know, I – I honestly thought the Jets could have gone like at least seven or eight weeks without a win. I mean, just the way that Wilson looked and their incompetence 
um, and the injuries that they do have to their O-line. But, um, yeah, that is just absolutely brutal. Um, the Chargers uh, taking care of business against divisional rival Raiders. In a, again, a tough division that these types of wins um, for, like, say, the Chargers are huge because, again, the Chiefs off to a slow start who have a huge, huge Sunday night game against the Bills that if they drop, again, the pressure just keeps mounting. Um, and this division is really good. And the Chargers uh, getting a 28-14 to 14 win over the Raiders, who have looked really good. Derek Carr overall has looked uh, pretty good for the most part. This game he's struggled in a little bit. But Justin Herbert is obviously franchise quarterback for the Chargers, and he is – off to a great start as well. Um, much better than I would have thought. I mean, just the way he looked against the Pats last year, I still had a few questions like when he was going to really start to arrive. But I think, that, you know, the Chargers, I think of them like Cardinals-esque and, you know, just like AFC version um, in terms of what they could do. I think they're really good. And that, that's, a, that's a big win against um, a divisional opponent. And you know what that means, Dan? The Chiefs? What does that mean? are still in sole <laughs> last place of the AFC West for the second it's, straight week. We love that. You love to see it. You really do. And they beat, you know, a fraudulent Eagles team. But, like, the Chiefs had to. Like, the Chiefs put themselves in a spot where it's like, all right, wake up. We can't have a Super Bowl hangover here, you know, where, you know, we're just going to have a down year. Like, they have too much, like, talent overall. And they bring in a guy like Josh Gordon – that just shows you like how they're like, okay, like we need to kick it into gear now. And if you're the chiefs and you, you lose to the bills, like you really start sweating big time. I know you have like, but you have the best player in football. You have one of the best wide receivers in football. You don't have a good defense though. And you know, your run game can be suspect and I don't know, man. Like they they put themselves into a weird spot, and their division is better than I think some people expected. I don't think people saw the Raiders getting out to a three and one start. Um, but yeah, that's a really interesting division, I think, to watch over the course of the year. Um, the AFC West, um, just overall, like your worst team in there, overall, like on paper, is the Broncos, but they're three and one too. So like. There's a lot going on there. So I think that's just like a fascinating division in football to watch. Yeah. I mean, even if the, even if the chiefs don't pick up the win at home Sunday night against the bills, yeah, they'll be sitting at two and three, but I mean, their next three are Washington, the Tennessee and the giants. So there's a decent chance that they can get that going, get back to four and four or maybe even five and three if they're able to figure out before things really start to ramp, ramp up for them. Cause then they, they get like the Packers, Raiders, Cowboys, Broncos, it, it starts to really pick up for them. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, the, they are needing to get things going for sure. And week four was definitely a step in the right direction. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I'm not saying this, it, they're hit the panic button if they lose to the bills at home. Sunday night, but uh, it certainly would be unenviable, just like the position the Pittsburgh Steelers are in after losing to the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Big Ben is basically 
the character from SpongeBob who always pops in in the full body cast with the IV drip, like Karen running with, that, with him. That's been again this year. He's got he picks up a pec injury. Now it's uh, uh, what, what's the what's the new injury? It's a uh, uh, I don't know what it is, but he's got he's got two injuries on the injury report now, and he's still not too far removed from his arm just literally falling apart on him in a mid game. So this team is toast. Zach put it, put it together. Yeah. That's this team is toast. I tried telling people at the beginning of the season, the Steelers are not good anymore. And I'm sorry. It's it. Maybe they'll beat Denver this week and Denver will be exposed as frauds and just out to an early, the three, no early record will be exposed. But I, I just think the Steelers team is toast. Yeah, I mean, Big Ben, is, he looks terrible. Um, it, there's no other way around it. I mean, they can't really run the ball. Um, Najee's best performance is just getting 19 targets or whatever. <laughs> uh, but he never comes off the field, so he's going to still be a beast. Um, other than that, I mean, their defense doesn't look good. No, it doesn't. Like they don't even have that to fall back. On. Right. I mean, you're just letting up points left and right. I know. I mean, I know it's the Packers. They're good, but uh, it's a nightmare scenario for the Steelers, especially the division they're into. They're going to, uh, yeah. they're not making the playoffs. They're, they're chasing two games on everyone in their division. Yeah. Bengals included, which tells you all. <laughs> the you Bengals look good. The Bengals don't look bad. They they're literally shot themselves in the foot last Thursday night. Yeah. And against the Jaguars, we're down, what was it, 14 nothing at half? And yeah. they still come back and, and storm back and win that game. So, hey, all right. it's, 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 Jack, you know, it's, it's, it was only the Jags. But hey, no, but still, the, on, the only two times Trevor Lawrence has lost a double digit lead is to Joe Burrow. <laughs> national champ, <laughs> national championship, and then last Thursday. Oh, no. Out of the week. Love it. Um, Guys, are the Cowboys like confirmed good? I mean, I think they were confirmed good like before the year. Okay. Okay. I mean, you know, we needed to see Dak, you know, off that gruesome injury. And Zeke kind of came out in this game against the Panthers in the shootout 36 to 28. I mean, they look legit. Their offense looks very good. Uh, Their run game obviously was there in this one. Dak didn't have to do too, too much. Um, still through for uh, for four TDs, but yeah, I mean they they held on at the end uh, and still win thirty six twenty eight. Like I I think the Panthers are not like legit. I think they're good, and especially adding Stephon Gilmore uh, is huge as well. Um, depending on just how healthy he actually is, but yeah, I, it's a good win for the Cowboys. They're going to be rolling into New England in just a little over. Or sorry. They're going to be playing New England in just a little over a week. Uh, it's a should be a big game for the Pats, especially if they can take care of business against the Texans. But yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't convinced on the Cowboys to, and like Mike McCarthy, not a big fan of, but I mean, I guess they're good. I don't know. I think the game said more about the Panthers. I They were winning at halftime. Uh, yeah. They fell apart big time in the third. And they kind of in garbage time in the fourth kind of made it look like a game. Um, but 
Sam Sam Darnold. I mean, another game passing three over three hundred yards. He's running touchdowns in. Uh, yeah, I I think this game says a, a lot more about the Panthers that hey maybe this is a team that can complete compete for a playoff spot uh, in the NFC. Um, would you concur with that, Zach? Yeah. Um, I mean the Panthers. DJ Moore has looked like one of the best wide receivers in football this year. Um, was the number change or if Ryan was a year too early on him or what, whatever it was, you know, I'm always a year early on the guys. DJ Moore's looked awesome. Sam Darnold with finally having weapons, even without McCaffrey, he, he still looked good. Uh, as long as CMC stays out, he might just keep running in touchdowns because I don't know how much faith they actually have in Chuba Hubbard. Uh, and he looked okay, but nothing explosive which you're not expecting a guy to come in and be McCaffrey, but uh, Panthers. Yeah. For a, for, for a half, they look good. And then they disappeared in the third quarter, uh, which you can't do in a big time game like that. Uh, the Cowboys. I don't know why you're not getting CD lamb more involved, but Zeke finally stopped looking like a fat bust for a game. And even uh, fucking Tony Pollard still looked good, even with Zeke going off. So, they got so many weapons. Tight ends are producing. Gallup's going to come back. Uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, as, long as, da- and as long as Dak keeps doing his thing, and he actually ran a few times this game, which he said he didn't even want to do. So the, both, both these teams are scary. I think either, this game could have gone either way if, they didn't, if the Panthers didn't fuck up the third quarter. Uh, yet McCaffrey back healthy. Panthers are dangerous. Okay. Look out for the Panthers. Um, so we had uh, a few more as well. Um, the Washington football team uh, overcoming the Atlanta Falcons. Taylor Heineke, pretty, pretty good game. You're welcome, Thank you, Zach. Ryan. Yep. You're welcome, Zach. Thank you, you Ryan. Yep. You got to feel good about that guy if you're uh, the football team. Uh, or if you have him in a two quarterback league, you got to feel <laughs> great about him. <laughs> um, and yeah, like Terry McLaurin uh, was absolutely great in this game uh, for him as well. You know, they can clearly make a lot of plays out there, and th- their offense is legit. Their defense is like they're just they're kryptonite. Like if their defense could figure it out the Washington football team would actually be a, like a pretty, pretty decent team, I think. Um, and the Atlanta Falcons are just frauds. And I think they're going to go to London uh, this week and they're going to lose to the New York Jets. Yeah. That's how fraudulent I think they are. Um, well, they got no wide receivers this week either. So, it, yeah, yeah. You got no Ridley and Matt Ryan as it is. I mean, like, it's just, he's, he's over the hump. Like he can still throw the ball, like, but he's not going to win you like, games like this where it's like a shootout and you need to be just that much better. And I don't see it. And I see, see them going over and losing to the freaking jets in London. But anyways, yeah. The football team, um, Heineke all kind of like trending upwards there um, in a, a NFC East division that, you know, is going to be tough because Dallas, Dallas is good, but, yeah, and uh, let's see. We also had uh, 
Yeah, but you, you can't what? be expecting you can't be expecting Heineke to put up 35 points every game. The right. defense, which was supposed to be a strength, has to show up at some point. You got all this talent back there. They have to start putting it together at some point. Yeah, that defense has yeah. been absolutely brutal so far in 2021. Like they're like bottom five, like across the board and everything except for like rush defense, which is like yeah. mediocre. Yeah, it's it, it's almost like crazy to think that with all that said that going into the season still like technically an unproven quarterback, you know, can still get them, you know, to a 500 record through the first four games. So, you know, defense got to figure it out though, because they won't, they won't contend for the playoffs if, if this continues, because you can't, again, like you said, Zach, you can't sustain, you know, that kind of performance week to week, especially against tougher teams, unlike the fraudulent uh, Falcons, but uh, Justin Fields going forward, is the starter uh, named uh, by Matt Nagy uh, for the Bears after the Bears win 24 to 14 over the Lions. You know, I think it's it, it's going to be a tractor pull for for this kid, I think, like because I don't know how much. I don't know how much like production he's going to be able to actually put out there. And like you saw with this game, he only threw it 17 times uh, through a pick still isn't really like reined in or controlled. He hasn't obviously Andy Dalton was uh, at the helm to start the season, but um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out going forward. Uh, but what do you guys think about fields uh, going forward with the bears? Look, he looked good targeting Darnell Mooney. Um <laughs> Other than that, I mean, I remember at the beginning of the game, I think he he was like six for seven for 93 yards and all of it was his Darnell Mooney or four, whatever, five for six. Uh, David Montgomery injury is going to really hurt them. Uh, it's going to put a lot more emphasis on fields. I don't think Damian Williams has it anymore, uh, especially if they're able to just pack the box. Justin Fields is going to have to do a lot with his legs and make things miss and well alan robinson fucking show up ever again who knows uh <laughs> this guy was supposed to be one of the best wide receivers in football and he just dog shit this year just never getting open not making any plays uh not surprising that they move on from Manny dalton the fields uh it was only a matter of time once he actually got a win to be able to just say okay now this guy's a winning quarterback let's just go roll with him Mm-hmm. Um, but it was very quick for Matt Nagy to switch his tune from <laughs> Andy Dolan's our star, Andy Dolan's our star, Andy Dolan's our star. Oh no, now he's not. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Somebody must have finally gotten into his ear and told him, you know, anything is better than Andy Dalton at quarterback, right? <laughs> uh, so uh, glad to see somebody gave him his uh, dose of reality there. Uh, in most cases. I would say, you know, if you want to wait with your rookie quarterback, let him sit underneath the the starter and learn for a while. That's fine. But if you're learning from Andy Dalton, you're probably not learning a heck of a lot. I'm just, I'm sorry. You're just not, you're learning how to turn the ball over and throw it to the other team more often than not. Uh, And so why not just throw him out there and see what he's got? The early results, highly mixed bag. Some good start, some good stretches, some not so good stretches, and I think Zach kind of hit it on the nail with Montgomery out. They're gonna really have to d- 
designed some stuff where he is using his legs a lot more, whether it's, it's QB rollouts or, or just design QB runs. I, I think that's how you get fields comfortable. Um, instead of forcing him to just sit that back there in the pocket and throw it 30 to 40 times a game, limit what he has to do in the pocket, keep the defense on their toes on terms of what they're going to see from him, whether it's throwing it, airing it out or running around, scrambling around. Uh, I think that's Chicago's best bet with fields until he's fully comfortable with the playbook and fully comfortable kind of as an NFL quarterback. Uh, But I don't know if he's got enough talent around him uh, to really kind of pop off. Yeah. I mean, him and Trey Lance are kind of in a similar spot there. It's going to be a lot of using their legs to move the football. And obviously the 49ers be able to rely on the running game a little more uh, with a much better offensive line and run game, but it might be tough sledding for Justin Fields and the bears this year. Yeah. Uh, with Trey Lance, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot of the similar, although in the limited uh, outings that we've seen from Trey Lance, he's looked solid. Yeah, um, he's I'm, looked a little, better than Fields. I'm a little biased because I may or may not own some stock in dynasty leagues and Trey Lance, but uh, the, the, the early results for Trey Lance are that he can hold his own. Yeah. Uh, as an NFL quarterback. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in his first full start remember on draft night when we were all pissed that the bears traded up to right before us to pick justin fields yep i ain't mad anymore <laughs> not mad right now yeah i mean definitely nope. i ain't mad right now back overall say what you want about oh if this guy was in this system blah 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 mac has looked the best out of all of the rookie quarterbacks i think that's very fair to say so yeah uh, who knows what it would have been like if Fields was whatever. But all we got is Jones at least has been the best out of that group thus far. Uh, the Browns uh, survived the Vikings on the road um, despite Baker Mayfield's uh, poor, horrendous play. Dog shit. Love it. Baker team, sucks. The team is literally carried by the running back duo you have in Hunt and Chubb and your defense. Like, if this guy, I know he's hurt now, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot harder. Um, but if he could just be a competent freaking quarterback, man, this team three and one still, they still got a chance. If he can figure it out, if he can get his goddamn train back on the rails, then the the Browns are a contending team in that division, I think, and it's a better division than I thought it would be just like going in because the Bengals are three and one. Steelers are frauds, though. But the Browns, man, if if their quarterback could figure it out, they they could go far. And they flirted last year when Baker was better. But man, he just he can't be. He's not like consistent. He's got he's got the upside, but the floor is just so low. Isn't he playing through like a partially torn labrum? Yeah, and his left shoulder. Yeah. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a pass at least while he's playing injured. I mean, if you're playing with a partially busted shoulder, like non-throwing, but yeah, but that's still a, not comfortable. No, right? no, no. But so. if you're if, if you're good enough to be out there, if you feel good enough to be out there, then 
I'm just going to judge you on you being out there. He just, yeah, he's got, and that's fair. He's got to be able to complete more than 50% of his passes, which he, he failed to do against the Vikings. Um, and, like, I get it. Like, that, that that's a serious injury. Credit to him for playing through it. But, like, you can only get so far in this league um, relying that that heavily, you know, on your your running game and your, your defense, which is both very good, will get you far if you can put it together um, in the passing game. Uh, so we're just going to have to see. And, like, again, his weapons are going to need to stay healthy as well, such as Jarvis, Odell, and they at times have struggled to do that. So, yeah. you know, not totally, totally on Baker, but, you know, he does have to be better. Right. It's not going to get easier. No. <laughs> No, certainly not with that kind of injury. Nightmare game for Kirk Cousins, too. After the start he's had um, with those weapons around him, just a nightmare game, only seven points, uh, 200 yards. Uh, not not going to cut it there. Dalvin Cook still kind of hurt. Uh, bad game for the Vikings, who are a lot better than, I, than the one and three record shows right now. <clears throat> I think Minnesota is just going to turn into my favorite. Like, hey, garbage time! It's it's you know who to you know who to throw the ball to, Kirk. It's, it's Justin <laughs> Jefferson. Just 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 throw it to him every time. Okay, thanks. Uh, he needs to be feeling more. In my, my boy Conklin, some love. No, please, please. <laughs> just just until Gronk just until Gronk comes back, please. Uh, well. We also have a great slate for week five. Um, one or two games maybe already mentioned, but like I said, they open up uh, with London early in the morning tomorrow. Jets and Falcons, and like like I said, Jets are winning this game. I I just I have zero faith in the Falcons. They hold a lock. Wait for it. <laughs> they punched me last year. Anytime I picked. The Falcons on a spread anytime last year. I got pants down in front of an auditorium. That's how I felt. That's how they made me feel because they would just find embarrassing ways to lose or to lose the spread. And you know what? I'm done with them. And coming off a win at home, Zach Wilson, you know, a, a younger team traveling overseas. I prefer the Jets here. And yeah, you know what? They are, Zach. They're my mortal walk. And oh, I believe geez. the Falcons are favorited in this game for some stupid reason. So I'm taking the goddamn money line as my mortal walk. That's what I'm doing. Wow. Yeah. Large cock guy. I mean, I feel it in my bones. I'm just saying, like, I like Zach Wilson in that spot coming off a win. His confidence has got to be going up big time right now, especially after that start. He had a horrendous start to the year. There's no two ways about that. But, again, he performed well overall, I thought, against uh, the fraudulent uh, Titans and against a team like the Falcons with not a good defense and a shaky offense, like you said, Zach, without their wideouts this week. Like, you got to love the Jets in this spot. I don't know how you don't. So, you're uh, are you picking the Jets because they're playing when you won't even be awake to watch it? <laughs> Oh, I'll be awake. Oh, that, Daddy, yeah, Daddy's that, at nine thirty a.m. I'm attending. 
this ain't part of the pod, but I I'm gonna be at the uh, the flag football game tomorrow uh, doing some camera work. So love that. I'm gonna have roll, to be up. roll stallions. Yeah, Andy. What's up right. on that? J E T S Jets Jets Jets. All right, that doesn't need to be on this podcast platform. <laughs> that delete that producer. Delete that. Uh, uh, one of the one of the big games for sure on uh, week five is uh, the Packers traveling to Cincinnati to take on those those Bengals. Uh, Green Bay's only favored by like I think three points right now, two and a half somewhere around there is the the live line, which I mean is a lot of credit to I know. The Bengals get some points just for being the home team there. But, uh, I mean, Green Bay only being like a three-point favorite going to Cincinnati shows how much respect the sports bookies have for the Cincinnati team early on in the year. Uh, Joe Burrow looked pretty good in the second half last week, as we talked about, and the comeback win against Jacksonville. Uh, If they're getting T. Higgins back this week, you don't know about Joe Mixon. He's banged up again. Shocker there. But if he plays and he's able to, you're able to sprinkle him in as well as a little bit of the backup and get a, some sort of ground game going there, you've got enough weapons to, to sling it around for Joe Burrow. Uh, so I would, I'm very interested to see how Cincinnati does this week against a Green Bay team that's on a roll ever since week one. Yeah. Um, my big game, one of my big games for the week is going to be on Monday night when uh, DS is actually awake. Uh, <laughs> the Colts and the Ravens. Uh, my mortal lock is going to be the Colts plus six and a half against the Ravens on Monday night. My biggest main reason is because it seems like everybody thinks the Ravens are just going to steamroll them. And I learned from the Pats Bucks last weekend that when everybody thinks that somebody's going to steamroll them, that it's probably going the other way because <laughs> the odds makers are pretty good at this shit and they don't get many that wrong, that wrong. So we're going with the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, run, run, run Indy Carson Wentz. You're a bum, but please play just bum enough to lose by six. Go Colts. <laughs> Somebody, somebody heard a, a mortal lock from Jonathan last week and was like, you know what? I can get behind this. Let me try the Colts this week. <laughs> uh, but since, uh, since we're, we're in the, the mood of dishing out mortal locks, I, I guess we might as well throw mine out there. Uh, so a game I will certainly have my eye on is the Washington football team taking on the New Orleans Saints. We talked about what version of Jameis and the Saints are we going to get this week? And I think we're going to get the dog water version of New Orleans. So give me Washington plus one and a half. I know we also talked about how awful the football team's defense has been so far, but I'm going to bet that their defense finally puts us a solid game together here. Taylor Heineke, another solid performance. Scary Terry, another big game from him. And they get a dub here. Uh, I'll take Washington plus one and a half. Uh, they'll probably, I'm, I'm thinking they'll win this one and they'll be able to keep pace with the, the Cowboys in the NFC East. Damn, brother. I mean, I love that pick. I hope the football team is like a contending or at least in the mix because 
I don't know. I just, for some reason, I just enjoy it. I enjoy when that team is in the mix. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we also got, well, we got Steelers and Broncos, which is a very tight line. Um, and the Steelers, obviously, you know, turning into must-win mode at the bottom of their division and against a Broncos team that is, like, pretty decent, I I would say. But they're in a – again, they're in an extremely tough division that they're probably, you know, going to slip down a bit into. But, you know, I just another game to kind of check on the Steelers. Like, I, I don't think they're good. But if Big Ben, again, like, I just – I say this about the Browns. I'll say it about the Steelers a little bit. Like if Big Ben, you know, could just not try to be a hero and just and you know try to just play within his own limits, like they they might be more you know closer to an average football team, maybe not contending, but you know it's it's a shame because like they got a great running back and uh, hybrid back in Najee Harris, and like it would just be better to see like just a slightly better Big Ben uh, behind the helm on that team, but you know I, I would certainly go with the Broncos in this spot, even on, um, on the road. Denver. What? Going into Heinz, the Broncos. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, uh, obviously we talked about the Pats going on the road to the Texans in an absolute must win. And that line is far larger than I would be comfortable with even with how bad the Texans are minus seven and a half on the road. I just don't know how comfortable I would be taking that <laughs> um, even in the spot that they're in with a lot of the money coming in on the pads there. But regardless, uh, yeah, uh, just going through the slate in general, like you, you just got, a game like the Vikings uh, hosting the Lions, where if you're the Vikings, must win. But again, not an exciting game. But the best game on the slate by far, bar none, is the AFC Championship game rematch between the Bills and the Chiefs Sunday night. We talked about some implications a little earlier about this game. Um, Ryan thinking, you know, if the Chief, even if the Chiefs lose, you know, there's still the Chiefs. There's still time. And there's still, you know, time to figure it out and catch up and get back to the top of the standings or at least close. And the Bills, hey, slow start uh, on, you know, the first first game of the season. But, you know, they are legit. Obviously, I think, again, we could see these two teams back come January. I think there's a very high chance we will. But, yeah, just everything you would want in a Sunday night game. Bills, Chiefs two of the best teams in the league. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm really pumped for that one. Yeah, I mean, that one should be a lot of fun. Should be should be a lot of points. Um, we'll see how the Bills' defense has got two shutouts through the first four games this year. We'll see how they can fare against the Chiefs. So you got Josh Gordon coming back. Uh, man, that should be a really good game. I'm very excited for that one. I I think the Bills are going to pull it, pull it out, pull a little upset. But it wouldn't surprise me if it went either way. I see. Yeah, that, that game's definitely a, a true toss-up. Uh, I feel like they're just giving Kansas City of three points just because of their home. Yeah. Uh, but that that feels like a true pick to me. Uh, and I think we'd be remiss if we didn't highlight the Week 5 Thursday matchup that went 
down. Yeah. Russell Wilson goes down with a finger injury halfway through the game, and he is toast. He is out yeah. for a month or two. Uh, he already had surgery done on his finger, and it is now the Geno Smith show in Seattle for the foreseeable future. That that uh, He looked fine filling in for Russell Wilson, but uh, I don't know if that's – gonna i don't know how that's gonna really do long term i think the seahawks might be in some trouble here guys yeah it's gonna be a nightmare um obviously when you lose a guy like russell wilson there's not many people you can replace him with and gino i don't think gino's it um he looked good in that first drive but not too much elsewise uh if you have DK and Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson, I'd be uh, pretty worried at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm worried. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you're a Seahawks fan, it, not good. Russell Wilson has never missed a game in his NFL career. So it's going to be a little bit different for folks in uh, Seattle for the next month or so, like you mentioned, Ryan. Uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's a pretty good solid slate overall with a great Sunday night game uh just everything you would want like that's one of those you know where the over could just be absurd you know or you know again who knows the Bills have a great defense and the Chiefs do not so gonna be interesting to see uh Chiefs minus three and a half in that one so gonna be gonna be a fun one uh we got fantasy love oh sorry sorry before I disrespect jonathan here jonathan did give picks even though he is not on the show today uh, so we, we will give his mortal lock he has carolina minus three uh so you know be that as it may that's uh that's what he's got uh for his mortal lock um how, how do you guys feel about that i like carolina um uh... Little bounce back. Eagles are Eagles. dog shit too. So I mean, Jalen Hurts pretty good though. I mean, <laughs> he puts up good fantasy points because he runs a lot. Um, but I, I don't think he's anything special throwing the ball. Um, and their defense get can't going. What? They need to get Miles Sanders going. No, 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 no. They can keep not doing that. Miles Sanders, they can just kick him off the team because their best running back is their backup right now. Kenneth Gamewell's the man. Miles Sanders, just he's just really bad at football. So just keep doing that. Don't give Miles Sanders the ball. I'm in for that. Let Jalen Hurts run it. Um, Carolina should roll in this game. Oh, all right. All right. So Carolina minus three against the Philadelphia Eagles. That's Jonathan's mortal log. Zach loves it. And we can move on to fantasy love and hate of the week. Jonathan, I will just give his right off the top. Jonathan's fantasy love is one Jacoby Myers going up against the Houston Texans D this week. Um, so he loves himself. Some Jacoby Myers had a good week last week. Um, so, yeah, yeah, there's his fantasy love. Mine, you know, especially with Will Fuller to the IR, I love me. Some Jalen Waddle of the Miami Dolphins going up, going up against the putrid pass defense of the Tampa Bay Bucks. 
I know what Jacoby Brissett is throwing him the ball currently. I don't care. I don't care. No Will Fuller. Him and Parker are going to get all the targets. And he's he gets you a touchdown. He's going to get you enough receptions in the yards to have a great day um, in the teens at least. So a good flex spot there. That's my fantasy love uh, against the trash bucks pass defense. Yeah, Rich, Mike Jacecki Mike would like a word on some of those targets, but um, no, in terms of wideouts at least though. All right. Well, I am going to sort of fall in line with Jonathan here on my fantasy love. My fantasy love this week is actually Hunter Henry, the past tight end. Look, he caught his first touchdown last week en route to his first double-digit fantasy performance of the year, which also happened to be Mac Jones' first multi-touchdown game of the year. And both of those touchdowns went to tight ends. Sensing a theme here. Look, We've already talked about how severely depleted the Pats O-line is. So Max going to need to get the ball out of his hands qu- extra quick. And I think that is a big plus for Hunter Henry. So I think that Hunter is probably the biggest beneficiary of the O-line being just shorthanded. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's borderline tight end yet again this week. He was tight end 11 in fantasy last week. Thanks to that touchdown grab, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was somewhere around the top 10 yet again this week, going up against a Houston defense that has given up the second most points in fantasy to tight ends. Oh, and he's also available in 65% of ESPN leagues. So, Sheesh. good number. Two, uh, you, two. Gave me a little heart, you gave me a little heart attack when you said Hunter there. Um, because my <laughs> fantasy love is Hunter Renfro. who has at least five catches and double-digit fantasy points in every game this year. The Bears' defense against wide receivers sucks. They've allowed 54 catches and seven touchdowns through four games this year. He's only owned in 54% of the league, so 50-50 shot that he's out there in yours. If you need a guy that's going to get you a solid floor of 10 points, and if he catches a touchdown and a couple extra yards, he gets up near that 20-point threshold. But if you're looking for a consistent 10 points, Hunter Renfro is your guy. Okay. I see you. I see you. Uh, so two uh, Patriots offensive uh, players there in the uh, fantasy love. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> but, hey, if both guys pop off, then hell yeah. Fantasy hate uh, for Jonathan is one Cortland Sutton. Uh, so he's got beef with Cortland Sutton, um, respect there. Uh, my fantasy hate, Devonta Smith. I know he popped off uh, big time last week, but this week you're going up against really tough Carolina D. Um, I know, again, like they don't have Gilmore yet, but they're already proven to be a good defense uh, through the first four weeks. And uh, Devonta Smith, I think, is bound uh, to come back down not saying he's going to put up three or five like he did in weeks two or three but 19 i just i wouldn't expect that i i would not would not even come close to expecting that this week i would consider if you have other flex options i would consider giving him a break um against carolina's d fair enough uh my fantasy hate this week is uh, it's not really a hate per se, uh, but 
I am just not a fan of Cordero Patterson this week. Oh, uh, Jonathan. Jonathan. I'm playing Jonathan this week in main league, and he has Cordero Patterson. This guy is the epitome of a fluke, if I have ever seen one in fantasy. He currently sits as the third best running back in fantasy entering week five. And there's just so much fluky stuff about it. I could I could literally go on for another 10 to 15 minutes, but I'll, I'll try and cap it at like two. So first off, he's absolutely due for regression in a big way. He's only, he was only on the field for, against the Fal- for the Falcons on 30% of the offensive snaps. And that's been the case for just about the first four weeks. So he, he barely ha- plays a role in this offense. Then not only that, so last week he catches three touchdowns for the first time in his career. That, he had never had a multi-offensive touchdown game in his first eight seasons in the NFL, but somehow he already has two this year for the Falcons in playing in barely any snaps, playing like 20, 25 snaps a game for them. He, he certainly has made the most of those limited opportunities. I'll give him that. But when you're only getting seven carries a game and five targets a game, there is no way he can keep this shit up. There's just no way. <laughs> but you know what's going to happen, right? You know what's going to happen. He's playing me in fantasy, so he's going to keep it up. And he's going to keep it up because he's playing those Jets, and they are the worst team at stopping fantasy running backs. They give up the most points to fantasy running backs. I don't personally think Cordell Patterson is a running back, but that's where he's lining up and playing most of his snaps. Uh, and so, look, this might not be the week that Cordero Patterson comes back down to earth, but without a massive increase in, like, usage and snap count, there is just no way he can keep this up. But you know he's going to keep it up now that I've thrown him under the bus this week. So. Oh, 100%. We'll see if well, we can get the reverse jinx out of it. <laughs> Love a good reverse jinx because – Opposite of Ryan's fantasy hate, my fantasy hate, it's a massive target share, but he has a dog shit quarterback throwing the ball in Big Ben. Deontay Johnson going to have a rough week against Denver because Ben just sucks and he can't get the ball. You won't be able to get the ball to him. He may still have 10 plus targets, but it might only be three or four catches. You probably don't have better options than Deontay. Deontay on your bench, but I would just make your expectations much lower than what he has been in recent weeks. Oh my. Well, Zach is Zach is pissed at Big Ben. Sheesh. Well, that is our fantasy love and hate. That is our mortal locks of the week that are definitely all gonna hit. All of those picks are oh, they're money. They're yeah. money. Put a house and, on. Uh, leaderboard <laughs> update on the board of locks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Zach currently sits atop our mouth and off mortal lock leaderboard with a two and one record. Uh, I, I'm checking in at second with two and two. And then uh, Dan and Jonathan tied for last at one and two. But hey, we're always, we're all still within a game of each other. It's anyone's ball, anyone's ball game. Well, I, uh, yeah, yeah. And um, you know what? We got through this whole pod without a burrito bet. So, you know, it's like 
I'm kind of surprised by Many. that. I'm a little, little sad too. There wasn't much like, you know, heated contention that, that arose. So, you know, yeah. I mean, if Jonathan were here, he's probably putting a burrito on, on that, on some Patterson thing or like whatever. Um, but well, DS, I wish you put a burrito on our, uh, on our matchup last weekend in the sleeper league where I just absolutely dominated your butthole. I was fucked up, dude. The, the flip of the <laughs> between us, man, like I, it's absurd. It is absurd. I was projected to beat you by like 20. Yeah. Really? I mean, you came into the day with an 80, I think it was 81% win percentage or win chance. And uh, man, boy, did that, did the turntables turn real fast? They, they, they certainly did. I, uh, that, that league might, might end me. It, it literally might end me. I, the, the, the stress from that, I, I don't know why. It's, it's crazy. But hey, at least you're average in main league. Yeah, yeah, I'd say I'm average in, in main league. You know, I, I'm all right. You know, we'll see. We'll see if I can get a shot at the playoffs. But, um, yeah. You know, least amount of points against in main league. So, you know, that's probably it. Yeah, that's I, that's got to be. That's got to be it. And, hey, you know, sometimes it's just the luck of the draw. You know, some people are lucky. Some people, some people are. Some people are Oh, yeah, and just get dicked every year, man. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> this, this oh. has gone off the rails <laughs> yeah so anyways that is our picks mortal locks fantasy loves and hates recap of week four preview of week five so make sure oh wait i got one more one more thing okay it's a big one uh, shut up. Our- and it fuck duke and no fuck duke <laughs> fuck duke all right now we can end it good show boys that was fun thanks for having us suck it ryan been the mountain off sports show hosted by dan sadik ryan brown zach lacy and jonathan sullivan who's not here thank you all for tuning in and we will see you next week uh so make sure you follow us follow fixing to talk sports Follow uh, Foxborough Files, follow The Cool Zone, and follow Mouth and Off Radio on Twitter, and check us out. So we'll see you next time, and fuck Duke. Fuck Duke. Go Duke.